Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this special NWA Always Ready after show. Yes, it's the stunning one, and I'm flying solo on this special edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling, but not to fret, David will be back later this week for our regular show. Before we get started, we gotta wish a happy birthday to the junior executive of Radio Free Professional Wrestling, Becca, if you're listening I know you're having your birthday as I record this show. Just wanted to say happy birthday and let your father buy you an extra round of ice cream and cake on me. So let's get started with this review of NWA Always Ready live from my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. I took my brother and his girlfriend to this show and we arrived there about 6.30. The doors open. The show started on YouTube at 7, and the first hour to two hours just flew. So our first match of the night gave us kind of an answer on how this crowd would work. The crowd seemed to cheer for the people they knew, and if you had a match between two lesser-known talent, it took them a while to get behind somebody, but once they got behind somebody, still kind of alive and rally crowd here in Knoxville. Okay, so the first match of the pre-show was Raleigh Matt, Versus Magic Jake Dumas with his lovely assistant CJ. Now CJ probably got the best pop of the three people here in this match. That's because she was freaking stunning. This was a short comedic match where Magic Dumas tried to get CJ to get him the chair so he can use it on Roddy Matt. Now Roddy Matt, when he first came out, the crowd wasn't sure how to react to him. But as he went on through the match, it was clear to us that he was the face. So we were cheering for Roddy Matt. Magic Demos demanded a chair for CJ. CJ basically unfolded the chair, did the lovely assistant thing where she showed a chair to the crowd, put it down on the ground, she sat on it, modeled it some more. As Demos is just going insane, he's like, give me the freaking chair. And all this time, Demos doesn't realize that Mac is right behind him. Mac lost in a choke. And Roddy Mac is your winner via a almost instant tap out from Magic Demos after the match. It's kind of more comedic here because the lovely CJ gets in the rain. She poses with Demos that is still on the ground, hits him with one of her fans, and they go off to the back as Demos is just like berating her. Okay, time for my first slight complaint with the NWA. As I went back and watched the free show on YouTube, they had a backstage segment where Chelsea Green gave them a medical update on Matt Cardona. Now, there was no video screens inside the building where we were sitting, so we didn't see Chelsea Green do this update. We got to heard the audio, but we were all looking around like, where's Chelsea Green? Like, she's doing this talking, but we don't know where she's at. So, I wish the NWA would have set up, like, four video monitors so we could actually see the backstage segments. 
I think that would have helped the presentation just a little bit more. I have another slight complaint that I will lobby here later on in the show. Okay, up next, first surprise of the night, as we get the former Dexter Loomis debuting back in the NWA as Hatchet Sam Shaw. And he's still doing the Dexter Loomis Sam Shaw gimmick where he doesn't talk on the mic. He comes out to center ring. They try to interview him. He doesn't say anything. So Rush Friedman comes out. He tries to buddy-buddy up to Sam Shaw. And Sam Shaw is still being the gimmick here. Doesn't say anything. Then for some reason, the formerly turned Sal Moreno comes out and attacks Hatchet Sam Shaw from behind. And the crowd just goes like, you beat up. And Sam and Rush Freeman make short work of Sal. Then, like you know it's coming, Sam Shaw turns on Freeman and basically puts him to sleep. I gotta say that Sam Shaw does seems spooky in person i mean like you could feel the uh, dread and a little bit of awe there when he comes out to the ring because the dude has no like he doesn't move his head he doesn't blink his eyes it's just like total immersion into this character okay so the last match on the pre-show was ricky martin carrie martin versus aj kazan and adorable anthony andrews and jeremiah puckett and Alex uh, Taylor, they were the replacement for the Fixers. At the beginning of the show, they said the Fixers were available for tonight because one of them was injured. But you'll find out later on, something kind of happened there. But this match was the best match to end the pre-show, getting you into the Always Ready pay-per-view. Because if you don't know, besides being Knoxville, you can almost call this Mortonville. Because there's a long history here with the Rock and Roll Express in Knoxville. Now, if you remember, Knoxville was the home base of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And the Rock and Roll Express was the uber babyface team of that promotion. So, fast forward like 30 plus years. We get to see Kerry Martin and his spotter wrestle here in this triple threat match. It was a fun, enjoyable match to get the crowd ready for the pay-per-view. The hometown team won and the crowd chanted Rock and Roll rock and roll okay so we're getting ready for the main show here of always ready now time for my second slight complaint to the nwa they had a smoke machine going for most of the show and this room i don't know if the ventilation was great but you could literally see the smoke coming across your face during the entire card if you look on radio free pw's Facebook page or our Twitter account at Radio Free PW, you will see the pictures I post. I don't see see the smoke in the videos, but some of my pictures you could really tell how much smoke was in the room. It was a slight issue. I'm hoping next time the NWA comes to town, they kind of tone down the smoke for their entrances. With that being said, our first match of the evening is Trevor Burndot versus Aaron Stevens and what they're calling Aaron Stevens Swan Song. Now, this was a highly entertaining match, and the crowd was clearly behind Aaron Stevens. Now, Aaron Stevens goes up to the top rope, and he slips. This could come as a theme here, because they had a few slips from the top rope during this pay-per-view, and me and my brother were both worrying if the top turnbuckles were tied on tightly enough, because it became an issue later on, and the... Uh, 
main event where Trevor Murdoch takes a bad fall off of the top rope. But in this match between Trevor Murdoch and Aaron Stevens, Aaron goes up to the corner where me and my brother were sitting. He climbs up and he t looks like he's going to do a jump. But it seemed like he slipped and fell down to the ground, injured his ankle or his knee or something. And that became the story of the match as Trevor Murdoch just focused on the knee. And yes, it was the swan song of Aaron Stevens as he loses to Trevor Murdoch. But the crowd chanted, thank you, Aaron, after the match. And Aaron Stevens got on the mic and he did, gave us the Debian Sandell response of, you're welcome. And the crowd popped for this. So... I'm hoping this ain't Aaron Stevens' the last match in professional wrestling. I, the guy in person is amazing to watch. I mean, he commands the crowd like a master. So we'll see what goes on here. Storyline-wise, him and May Valentine are heading to Brazil for a Senate trip. So hopefully this is not the last time we see Aaron Stevens in NWA. This was my first Aaron Stevens match live. I thought the guy was freaking great. Okay, second match of the night is for the NWA Women Tag Team Titles as the Hex takes on Pretty Empowered. Now, one half of Pretty Empowered is Kenzie Page, who is a Knoxville resident and who trained at Tom Pritchard and Kane's wrestling school here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And her family is sitting, not Harkham's side, but off to the right of hard cam and they are a very entertaining bunch before the show started and during this match and through the pay-per-view so the story of this match is Ali wants to do anything and everything to Wendy's NWA tag team titles while Kenzie wants to go by the book she's the clear baby face of this team it seems kind of similar to Trent Seven and Tyler Bates from NC UK where one half of the team wants to cheat to win the other half is like no we don't need to cheat so the Hex and them wrestle for a short bit of time I mean the Hex live is a great at their tandem offense is amazing they use their speed and their power to basically dominate pretty empowered and the finish comes when Ali brings the title into the ring Kenzie tries to get the title away from her the referee finally gets the title away from Allie. This gives her the opening to basically Lobo, Marty Bell, and get the three count victory here. As the fans cheer, Kenzie winning the titles. Now, I'm thinking storyline wise, you're going to see Allie and Kenzie probably end up breaking up and feuding here after a while because of the way this match came out. I can see the Hex actually winning these titles back later this afternoon when the TV tapings happen here in Knoxville. If not then, probably in Nashville the following Monday and Tuesday during doing TV tapings. So this might be a short reign for pre empowered. Up next we get the first of what becomes two NWA junior heavyweight title matches as Homicide defends his title against PJ Hawk. Now I'm thinking storyline wise coming out of the last couple of episodes of Power PJ Hawk should be the babyface here, but the crowd just is in love with Homicide, and Homicide is the literally in-house babyface for the first title match here between PJ Hawk. They basically tell the story of the young PJ Hawk getting a couple near falls on Homicide, but just couldn't get over the hump to beat Homicide. And the finish comes where PJ Hawk goes for a clothesline 
homicide ducks, turns him into the uh, gringo killer or cop killer, and gets the one, two, three for the first victory for homicide on the show. Now, after this match, the Pacers come out and they attack PJ Hawk and Homicide. PJ Hawk's father, Luke Hawk, comes down to try to make the save. They beat him down. So it's up to the hometown Mortons to make the save. Ricky and his son comes down to the ring. They clear the house. And all the confusion, here comes Kobe Creo out. Now, if you've been watching NWO TV, Kobe Creo has a title opportunity, kind of like golden ticket. He has this opportunity for a title match whenever he wants to. So he decides he's going to cash it in on Homicide after the Fixer beat him down for the National Generate Heavyweight Championship. We get our second match of the evening with Homicide versus Kobe Creo. This is probably one of the four matches of the night that you need to go back and watch if you haven't seen NWA Always Ready. Now, Homicide does get the cop killer here on Carino, and we're all thinking, okay, done deal, one, two, three, Homicide win. No. They let Carino kick out of the cop killer, and the crowd just gaps, and they're like, what the heck just happened? And Carino is just like soaking in the hate of the crowd. For being so young, he is so good good at drawing the proper level of heat from the fans. So the finish of this match comes with Carino doing a super kick. Homicide rallies, hits a clothesline, gets a press pan here for the 1-2-3 and we have the second victory for Homicide and like my brother said we got to see Homicide wrestle twice in the same night and we left the show happy. I think a lot of fans left the show happy. Uh, I think Homicide was literally the second most popular person on this card to this crowd. Okay, so up next, they throw back to a backstage segment that we did not see live in the audience as Genocide is interviewed and she's on the hunt for Taryn Terrell and Natalie Markova. Now, up next is the next surprise we get on this card as Tyler Battery makes her NWA debut and she's saving Natalie Markova. Now, Tyler Battery is somebody else I haven't seen in person before, but I am a fan of hers after watching this match. Now, granted, I don't feel like this was the best person to have Tyler Battery debut against because Tyler Battery has way more experience than the Hill in this match. And shockingly, Tyler Battery loses this debut match. And I was like, looking at my bird, going like, why did she lose this match to Nerkova? Maybe it's just because Tyler Battery is just in for this one event. And she's not hanging around in NWA. But I would have had the match go around the other way. And having Tyler Battery there as another strong challenger to Camille. As later on in this match, Camille will be defending her NWA Women's Championship against Colin King. Now granted, they did do enough to give Tyler Battery an excuse here. As Taryn Terrell gets on the ring, distracts Tyler Battery. Nelly hits a stiff spin kick. One, two, three here, and the crowd boos her back to the back. Up next, we have the national title match as Jack Stane faces off against the former Chris Masters, going by Chris Adonis. And Knoxville is a Adonis stronghold because the crowd was cheering the heck out of the former Chris Masters. And yes, during this match, we got a Master Lot challenge. 
and the crowd just popped for the chair game placed in the ring. And Adonis just daring Danes to get down on the chair and accept the challenge. Now the challenge happened. Dane breaks out of the master lock by cheating. And Dane does the proper heel thing where he locks the master lock on Chris Masters. And the crowd is just giving him all kinds of hate. Of course, Chris Adonis breaks out of the master lock. The fans are cheering for this title to change hands. But Jack Danes smashes the hand of Adonis, causing him to have it be injured and not be able to properly to use the master lock later on in the match. And Danes hits a wicked clothesline and he retains his NWA national title to all the disgruntled Knoxville fans as he just sucks in the hate as he leaves the building. Okay, up next we go backstage. They do another backstage segment that they pipe into the crowd. It's Aaron Stevens saying his goodbye to the NWA. And this is where we find out that him and May Valentine are heading off to Brazil for a long extended trip. Stevens says that the ovation of the crowd is not enough. It doesn't pay the bills. He really regrets not being able to hold the NWA world title on his mantle or taking it to Killer Karasi's grave saying, Hey, look, I done the thing I promised you I would do. So it looks like they're writing Aaron Stevens off for a good long while here. We'll see if he comes back to the NWA. I hope it's not his last match because the guy is highly entertaining. Okay, so up next is probably the flattest match of the evening in person. It's Tom Lattimore versus Sinon with Austin Idol in his corner and David I did give Austin Idol a piece of my mind. But getting back to this match, to me, this was two hills facing each other. And also two people that probably 90% of this audience hasn't seen on TV for Tom Lattimore. Probably not since he was in Impact Wrestling. And Tom is the baby face, apparently, in this match. And it took a while for the crowd to get behind him. They finally lukewarmly get behind him. And this match is won by Tom Lattimore as he hits the pod driver. And after the match, we get to see Austin Idol and Silent in the ring. It's kind of like, will he, won't he turn on Austin Idol? He doesn't turn on Idol yet as they lead to the back. Our next match of the evening is for the NWA TV title as Mims comes in to try to take the title off of Tyrus. Now, this is probably one of the most entertaining matches live in person because the crowd is literally on the manager of Towers from the get-go. They chant Gary Coleman at him. They chant Webster at him. And there's one fan that really gets into it with um, the manager of Towers. Towers turns around, talks about how can he have a lift and no teeth at the same time. Towers is a baby face to the crowd, and he's trying to be a heel and my brother and me were talking about this after the show. Like the crowd didn't want to boo Tyrus. And we knew Mims was going to be the face of the match. Now it looks like Mims in this match enters his shoulder. It's dislocated. The guy was screaming in pain as he leaves the ring. But before that happened he was able to power slam Tyrus. Which was the biggest pop of this match. And we wish Mims a speedy recovery. But... Tyrus takes advantage. They go to a quick finish. And after the match, to heal Tyrus to this crowd, he helps Mims up to his feet with his manager. And they raise the good arm of Mims. And Tyrus just clotheslines him back to the ground. And the crowd 
kind of booze them, but still, they're kind of like tyrus for some reason. Now, side note here, as we're coming into the building for the show, we kind of stumbled onto the NWA VIP area where the fans were getting autographs and stuff. And as we're going into the doors for the show, one of the last wrestlers making sure everybody got a chance to meet him and got autographs was Tyrus. So that was kind of cool to see. So Tyrus seems to be like a good dude to the fans in live attendance. Okay, so our next match is for the NWA Tag Team Titles as Loud Rebellion faces the Commonwealth Connection. Now the Commonwealth Connection is Doug Williams and Harry Smith Jr. And Harry Smith Jr. and Doug Williams are over with this crowd. This was a fun, entertaining match. The crowd couldn't decide early on who they want to cheer for. They were kind of cheering for Rebellion because they were doing all the high-flying moves. But at the end of the day, they were cheering Harry Smith as... He, man, he does look like Davey Boy's son. Especially in the face, I gotta say that. The finish of this match comes as Harry Smith lands a flying headbutt. Doug Williams comes in for a jackknife pin. And the Commonwealth Connection are your new NWA Tag Team Champions. As the fans go crazy. One more cool move I gotta shout out here is Doug Williams doing this submission hold while taking the other men of Rebellion into a suplex. Me and my brother just looked there and going like, how the hell did he pull that one off? So it was kind of entertaining to see a Doug Williams match live in person. I've been a big fan of Doug Williams. Okay, up next is the NWA Women's World Title Match. It's Colin King versus Camille. And I'm going to argue this was the match of the night. Because finally Camille has somebody in Colin King that is physically imposing as she is and this was basically a powerhouse versus powerhouse match here and i want to see a best of seven series between these two ladies because they tore the freaking house down now before the match start bully ray comes out to be the special commentator of this match because he had a hand in training both these ladies kyle gets a couple of near falls one was off of a devastating looking frog splash that camille kicks out of she also does like a king fall face buster for our near fall. So the finish of the match comes. Colin King is firing up in the corner that me and my brother are sitting at. And she runs right into a freaking massive spear from Camille. And it's just like, oh my word. I thought she broke Colin King in half with his spear. And one, two, three. And the sun rises, the sun sets. And Camille is still your NWA Women's World Champion. Okay, so after this match, we had a nerd surprise as Matt Steen Peller, who you probably know from her time in Arena Honor, she's been going around to different promotions after the close of Arena Honor. She was actually in progress for a second doing a couple of matches, but she comes out here. Looks like she may be a future challenger for Camille as she tries to get to the ring and get to Camille. We get a bunch of NWA officials holding the two ladies back. The crowd is chanting, let them go, let them go. Because we want to see another match with Camille and another powerhouse. And a lot of people didn't know who Matt Stan Power was, but she looks imposing in person. And I feel like she could have a match where Camille can have another good-looking victory. And then we can get back to Colin King or maybe Tyler Valtteri. Because I want to see a Tyler Valtteri versus Camille world title match. Okay, so before the main event happens, we get another surprise as 
Tom Pritchard comes out to the ring. He is one half of the Heavenly Bodies back in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Very well known here in Knoxville, Tennessee. The fans cheer the guy. And he comes out. He basically does the thank you for coming out to the show. This is wrestling. This is NWA country. Knoxville is a powerhouse of the NWA territory of old. And he says it looks like it's still going to be a home to the NWA going on. So basically just thanking the crowds for coming out here. Now, speaking, they did say this was a sellout. I don't have the numbers of how many tickets were sold. But me and my brother before the show we were thinking maybe one to 200 people. I think they probably got maybe 250 to 350 inside this room for the show. Now, another thing I need to point out is anytime you see anybody on the outside of the ring taking a spot, they are literally laying on carpet. And it's like office carpet because we're inside a convention center so hats off to anybody who took a bump to the outside of the ring because they were basically landing on probably maybe four inches of carpet and probably a cement floor underneath it so it was kind of ooh yeah that would really kind of smart okay so going into always ready the biggest question was what are they going to do with the world title because Mike Cardona was injured at a GCW pay-per-view two weeks ago if I remember right he had his surgery earlier this week he was here live in attendance he comes out to the ring at the main event he cuts a promo with the fans and he's like I'm not gonna let go of this NWA title because I love this title he says I love you he's looking at Chelsea in the title and you kind of notice well wait a minute he's talking about the title not Chelsea Green so the National Treasure, Nick Aldis, comes out to ring at this point. He cuts one heck of a promo on Matt Cardona, basically telling him to rest up Buttercup. Once you're ready, I'll take that NWA title from you. But I'm going to send these fans home happily like I always do. And oh, by the way, my shoulder's been hurting me because I've been carrying this company on my back for the last five years. So if there's anybody in the back that wants to have a match with Nick Aldis, come on out. So we get Trevor Murdoch as the first person coming down to the ring as this becomes a series of events here. So we're thinking we're going to get a non-title Nick Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch as our main event of the evening. No, the next person that comes out is Camille with Tim Vladimir and she gets in the ring. Camille demands the mic and basically says, wait, wait, wait a second. This ain't going to happen. Tom Lattimore deserves a NWA World Title match. And the next thing we know, we get Sam Shaw to come out to make it four people. And all Sam Shaw finally says is, I went in. And the crowd pops at this three-word statement from Sam Shaw. We finally get Billy Corgan to come out. He doesn't get on the mic, but he talks a long time to Matt Cardona. So I'm guessing... He's telling Cardona what the plan is going to be here. So they basically have the storyline that Matt Cardona gives up the NWA World title. And we have our main event of Tim Lattimore, Sam Shaw, Trevor Murdoch versus Nick Aldis for the vacated NWA World title. This match starts off as a brawl. It goes out into 
the far side of the building with Trevor Murdoch and Nick Aldis and Tom Ludmore and Sam Shaw go to another side of the arena fighting. They finally get back towards the ringside area, get back into the ring. They wrestle in the ring for a little bit. All four gentlemen get a near fall of their own with somebody always breaking it up. This match lasted between 25 to 30 minutes. We did not leave the building until like 20 to 1 o'clock. So we were there for probably four and a half to five hours. And this main event got this crowd re-energized because, I mean, they sent the crowd home happy. I actually asked my brother, did it feel like this was $40 worth of your time? He's like, yes, this was $40 worth of your time. Okay, one scary spot in this fatal four-way was Trevor Murdoch going to the top rope. It's the same side of the ring that me and my brother were sitting on, but it was the other turn post. And he slips and looks like he got his ankle turned or twisted. And it looked like he dislocated his ankle or something. I don't know if that actually happened. He was hobbling around for a little bit. But he was able to continue. And the finish of the match comes with him coming off the top rope yet again with a flying bulldog on Nick Aldis. And surprisingly, the dealer takes the pinfall here. As coming into this fable four-way, I was almost 100% certain that the National Treasure Nick Aldis was going to reign again as the NWA champion. And it was going to be mourning again in the NWA as the National Treasure regains what is rightfully his. His 10 pounds of gold. So after the match, Trevor Murdoch makes a short statement to the crowd, thanking them for being here and saying, no matter who you are, how you look, what color your skin is, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you put your ass to work like he did. The crowd cheers him as he leaves the ring, and that brings Billy Corgan back out for a quick second. As he thanks everybody for attending this show. And he tells us that they're going to be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Because I'm recording on Sunday. The day they're going to do the TV tapings here in Knoxville. And he hopes everybody comes back out to see him this afternoon. So ladies and gentlemen. That has been your always ready live report from Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Yes, I'm Sonny Sean. And I will be back later this week with Data the Smart Mark. And oh, by the way, David. I'm still your Churchill Cup champion, and I have spoken. Stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.